I'm having boom chicka pop. Not boom chicka pop. <laughs> that's it's giving boom chicka pop. I hate to say it. But that's what um, it I is. had a cup of tea and I'm about to have a uh, peanut butter like, chocolate bar. Everything that's going on at U of R right now and beyond. Like let's <laughs> not keep the conversation so centered on U of R because of course that's what they want us to do. Mm -hmm. Um I think it's just important that we as uh, black faculty and black staff um, and alum, um, oh, excuse me, and alum as well. Now she's alum, we'll do a round of applause right there. <laughs> um, I just think it's important that we archive our voice in this moment and archive, archive our voice like the way that it comes out of our body. Yeah. Um, instead of, you know, letting the marketing and the way that institutions will describe this moment be like the dominant narrative. So for me, um, I know that the that right now we're all you know on disaffiliation status, mm -hmm. and with that being said, I still think it's important that like we share our stories and like have a chance to kind of kiki about this moment um, between Black alumni. Um, <laughs> emphasis on alumni, um, and with that, I want to welcome Kayla Corbin. Thank you to Black Matter Podcast. We'll give you a round of applause right there. And say congratulations on um, completing a huge milestone, which is uh, your bachelor's degree, uh, four years of, I'm sure, some intimate growth, intense <laughs> yes. growth. Um, tell me a little bit about like just where you are right now. Oh, I am. And who you are. <laughs> oh, yeah, who I am and where I am. So thank you again. Mm -hmm. um, so as you just said, I'm graduating. I have been here all four years. Um, and the four years have been <laughs> real up down. Mm -hmm. <laughs> there's uh, semesters I had to take off. Obviously there's a global pandemic happening now. Mm -hmm. um, it has been very up down. It's been a lot of stress, a lot of work. I'm just glad to be getting out. Mm -hmm. <laughs> So, getting out of what? Of you are. Um, like, is that an ode it, to the movie Get Out? It wasn't purposefully. It was not purposefully, but I could see how that would be applicable here. Um, no, definitely. I think I always say like my thing about you are when people ask me when I'm looking back on it. I definitely I love the people, but the school was hell. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, so I'm glad to be moving on um i definitely will miss the people the community we've built such a strong black community on campus that it's really hard to separate the two but i'm i'm glad to be moving on yeah and i so the reason why i um am kind of using this like segment of black matter podcasts uh to talk to some of the lead black students um in this moment is because i think it's just important that we kind of make sure that our stories are captured um, in a way that like centers our voice. So a little bit about um, Black Matter Podcast, it's just a, it's a critical key key is like what I call it. Um, and when I was in grad school, I just like needed an outlet to center the voices, the folks uh, in my life, in my community that I feel um, are intellectual as they are and who my work was really like in conversation with, but I felt like once you're in higher education, there's just so much that tells us that our black stories, our everyday black life is like not intellectual, not worthy of being kind of learned from the way that we experience it. And so I think because there's so much kind of, um, we are a hot commodity, we've always been, right? And a lot of these institutions are, you know, utilizing our bodies and our labor and our emotional labor for their gain, you know, for their diversity and their mm -hmm. inclusion, I think it's just important that we like kind of use the resources of the institution said like, you know, thanks to you of our for sponsoring this conversation. Yeah. <laughs> um, use the resources to kind of, you know, create our own worlds within uh, these spaces. Um, so I just want to hear a little bit about like where you are right now, the work that you and students have been doing. And also since this is like a reflection on, you know, your four years at U of R and you just wrapped up, I would love to hear a story about like kind of the the world that you've created at U of R. So like spaces where you have found community and um, even if they don't exist on this campus, like what are those spaces for you and um, where, what's gonna happen to them now that you're graduating? Oh yeah. 
Um, I love that you said like using the university's resources to create your own um, mm-hmm. like spaces and things like that because that's what I just wrote my thesis on about what Black Studies does. And one of those spaces that I found was Africana Studies when we made the student committee. It was with people that I was necessarily only one person on that committee was someone that I was already like close with. Mm-hmm. Everybody else were people that I just knew in class, and I think when you were talking about taking who we are and us as intellectuals, being in class with black people, that was one of my great spaces. I took black radical tradition and it was like an all, virtually an all black class. And it was one of the only ones I had with a black professor. Um, And we were talking about just this lineage, this genealogy of black people, black thought in, in, in the academy and out of the academy. And to be able to have that space with students um, and to have students like so engaged in the content, which doesn't happen in other classes, like black students on this campus are amazing, but nine times out of 10, like the class is not doing it for them. Mm. But to see people like actually like the class was what was getting people excited. People, we were talking about it nonstop outside of class, like that created a whole new framework for me because I just had come off of taking a semester off, sophomore spring year, um, spring semester. It was a really hard time and so coming right back in and then getting to be in that space, getting to really come into who I am as a scholar, that really created that space. Um, And so Africana right now is, it will be a major minor in fall 2022. Yes. Um, which I am so happy Thanks to about. Thanks a lot of student labor, including yours. Absolutely. The Africana Studies Student Committee, and then even, obviously, students before us, like, way, way back who've been asking about Africana, pushing for Africana, or any form of black studies, and then to have a group of students that I was able to work with, then to have faculty support from, you know, Dr. Hussein, Dr. Towns, and then really push for it. It's coming but it's still one of those things that's scary because it's like, when we leave, do we trust this university with any form of black studies? <laughs> do we? That's such a nuanced question. Yeah. yeah. And so it's one of those things where it's like, as much as happiness that we feel that we've created and as proud as we are of the student activism on this campus, it's also like, it's so hard to build that scaffolding. It's so hard to build that foundation mm-hmm. to have successful outcomes like, and sustain them mm-hmm. because of the conditions on this campus. that you're bringing up around like students like you putting in so much labor sometimes labor that goes unseen um, to, to you know bring a new department on campus to make our voices heard to increase uh, black faculty representation and you know that's within a four-year time frame and then you're leaving so two kind of questions I have is just like how will all that work that you've done translated to like supporting Kayla when you are kind of like off U of R's campus um, and second, what is the, the legacy that you feel like y'all are leaving behind um, after doing this work? And the reason, I feel, the reason why I ask that is because you know, I'm alum at U of R, I've served as faculty, and I'm a scholar in residence in the um, Division of Community Engagement. Mm-hmm. So I've, I've, you know, I've had a very you know, intersectional experience at U of R being a black queer person and a first generation college student who's served in all these roles and you know, primarily as an alum, first yeah. and foremost, right? And so I am always inspired by students like you that, you know, come on this campus and say, nah, dude, like, we need, y'all need to do better. I know that there's money, so let's increase the desire to get the things that black students need. But at the same time, being, like, on the, in the faculty level here, I have just seen how slow things move. And, like, yes, this is a shade to U of R, but it's also just say to higher education in general. Like, change is so slow to the point where, like, the, the diversity that is increasing on this campus. So they're, they're doing lots of things to bring us here, right? But then we have to, y'all have to turn around because you're, you're a student, yeah. you know what it's like, like 
and I'm speaking when I was a student, like we have to turn on and advocate for our own needs. Yeah. And like when I work. read, yeah, like when I read the demands that y'all had, it was like, these are not even like, you know, no. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like you're not asking, you're asking for humanity. You're asking yeah. to be seen. They were so simple. Right. They're very simple. So for me, I, I know I'm going on a tangent, but no. like, well, editing is, is key. Yeah. But the, the thing that I always wonder and want to kind of like, you know, wrestle with you on is like, from me seeing the demands as like a quote unquote faculty at U of R and it kind of like triggering, like I remember when, when I was an undergrad, black students, including myself, were like, you know, arguing for increased um, representation, especially within CAPS, counseling services, for sure. Because Dr. Churchill was like the only one I knew yeah. that was really like, come on y'all, like she was had a full load. Um, I always see that labor and I also wonder like, damn, like, it's not fair that we didn't get to just be students. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Um, we didn't get to just, like, I think one of y'all has said in the Race Capital podcast, like, you don't get to have time to just, like, sit on the grass and kiki with your friends while you're, like, you know, pleasure reading. Right? Yes, <laughs> yes. We don't have time to enjoy <laughs> the, the green smoothie and the overpriced food and the mm -hmm. new whatever that uh, relaxation that. hall is. <laughs> like, don't you feel a sense of, like, um, you know, animosity about that time that has been missed or the oh, yeah. way that you've had to you know be a student but also like you're playing the role of like a student an organizer a faculty member to teach these white folks how to get it together on this campus so like how do you wrestle with that i think i think to say yes there a hundred percent you feel that animosity mm -hmm. because there's always just days where it's like don't you just want to be a yeah, student? yeah it's like days where i'm put in such like and you know your body's politicized mm -hmm. i'm black i'm queer <laughs> i'm a woman all those things like my body's always going to be politicized so it's stepping into a classroom or talking to a you know to a friend on my day off most of my conversations become about the work that we do mm -hmm. um and I think that is two sides to it. One, the, fir the first side is that I enjoy the work. Um, not always, obviously. <laughs> but what I mean by that is it does, it is fulfilling. It is something that I feel like I have a vocation for. Mm -hmm. So it's not something I feel put into. It's something that I wanted to step into. And I know the people that have been in this position before and have, I mean, done amazing and incredible work before me and so that is the one side where I'm like I'm okay because I understand that this is a part of my identity this mm -hmm. is a part of what it means to be a black woman and I feel like not just an obligation but sometimes a privilege to be able to step into that and kind of continue that legacy mm-hmm <laughs> but then on the other hand I get tired can I, can I cuss mm -hmm. I, well, yeah, this, as Wendy Williams would say, this is my show. Okay. Because so, I get tired as fuck. Like, I, yeah. I'm tired. Like, my friends always come on my show and be like, can I cuss? And I'm like, what kind of girl do I look like? That's what I was thinking. Do I look very ugly? Like, you can't cuss in front of me? No, because I, I, sometimes I'm just like, I don't want to fucking be here. Yeah. Um, there are definitely days where I'm just like looking at white students just go about their life. Mm -hmm. And I mean, just like so casually go about their life. Like, we, when we dropped the Protect Our Web statement, when we dropped Africana, we remember all of the anxiety, all of that. That was the conversation. You can see it on all of the black students moving around. And then you would just see, like, white people just chilling, mm -hmm. just walking, la-di-da. And I'm like, I really wish I could be la-di-da right now. Like, that would be nice. And it's, and it's interesting because I think where we connect um, that folks uh, don't typically talk about between, like, student and faculty or um, undergrad and graduate, et cetera, um, is that I also was told that, I mean, I was raised kind of um, in the system of like, you know, you go to college and then they'll, they'll, they'll see you if you like get the PhD. And mm -hmm. you get the PhD and you're still like dealing with folks who are very underqualified compared to you. Ooh. And so, especially because of the level of like street smarts that you have to have and merge it with your, your book smarts because of the blind spots mm -hmm. of what the book smarts is. If you only, you know, if you only 100%. focus on the U of our, you know, scholarly experience, you would not understand how like Richmond is like the center, the epicenter of black history, mm -hmm. right? And so you have to always um, find ways to um, talk yourself up and, rem and remind yourself like, I'm a bad bitch. Like, 
I have, as you said, like you are a black woman, you have a, a life experience that gives you a type of intellect that, you know, these folks who are running this place just don't have. But at the same time, what I worry about is like, um, how do you also protect that while still building this legacy? Um, how do you protect that and just make sure that like you are, you know, getting that student experience and now like you're, you're graduating and I, I want you to, to think about this because I'm interested in like when you start your first job or whatever mm -hmm. you're doing afterwards, like don't go in there, you know, trying to help them solve racism. No. <laughs> yeah, some of it, I, I just, I think I'm, I'm getting to the point of just like, how do you kind of preserve your joy and how do you preserve um, just where you are in your life? So like, you just finished being a student. Like, I also want to hear some stories about just like how you preserved your joy and how you like found space to like be a black student that is like living her life like it's golden. Period. And I yeah, <laughs> whether you and Mark get it together <laughs> or, or not, right? Yes. Um, and I think that's kind of the reason I wanted to archive this moment because I really wanted to just see, is that something that you're thinking about? You don't have time mm -hmm. to think about it. Is it something that you struggle with? Um, it's definitely something that I struggle with as well. And I think I'm in a space, um, before we had met, I wrote that like, I've become less interested in fixing institutional problems and more interested in using the resources to secure better living for myself and my community right now. Um, I could care less if University of Richmond figures it out because that work is often designed to exhaust us um, and exhaust no one else uh -huh. but us, right? Um, and so I think the blind spots need to be addressed before we kind of like be ready and willing to help the institution. Oh yeah, 100%. Yeah. So I wanna hear like, what do you think about that? No, I 100% I agree. Because even when we did have our, when we wrote our demands, like mm -hmm. the names were a part of it because we know that's what gets people like into it. Cause mm -hmm. it's like, you it know, people like want an easy, people always want an easy buy-in and names, all the like rhetorical bullshit that happens around naming and renaming not that it's not important but people like something that's easy mm -hmm. and to them changing a name is very doable and it's easy but we also are so focused on material demands that it's like okay mm -hmm. so we're going to make sure that africana gets in this we're going to make sure the multicultural space gets in this mm -hmm. we're going to make sure that mental health gets in this because like you said like i'm so much more worried about black students black well-being then I am about this institution. Like I could care less what what yeah. they're doing with their lives. Mm -hmm. I'm not here to, and I think, cause that, that's really important too. There's a lot of black people who have been taught that our duty is to teach people not how to be racist. I don't or give a fuck. To teach people how yeah. to see us. And and I don't give a fuck. Like, whatever. I'm a human. That's what I'm saying. I was like, I I've never done anything to prove my humanity. Mm -hmm. We say that in the beginning of all of our teachings is that this is not to prove my humanity. I know full and damn well black people are human. Period, and we're beyond. So. I don't have nothing to prove to you. Yeah, I'm going to beat behind that. <laughs> yeah, it's like, yeah. I'm not asking, I'm Come not here, asking you to see me. Yeah. I'm just telling you what it is. Yeah. And if you're going to pick it up, then you take it up. Mm. And when it comes to sustaining my joy and sustaining the joy, like within the community, that's what it is. It's like at the end of the day, we're doing this work for us to make sure that we're okay. That we're good. Yeah. That we're good. And so it always doubles back, like from the small things, it's like when we have our black student co uh, coordinating committee meetings, it, it might as well be, a key. we are laughing, we're sending TikToks, we're talking about, you know, whatever, we're, we're you know, talking about people. We just make sure that we enjoy that <laughs> you time. You to speed that in. We're talking about people. I hear what you said. <laughs> We do. I'm not gonna lie. Like it is. What the it hell is she wear to the organization? <laughs> <laughs> like we we are on we are on Zoom. We're on Facetime. We yeah. talk like and we talk about our personal lives. Yeah. We you know because it's hard. Mm -hmm. We really do. I mean, a lot of people even on the coordinated committee, and I've learned that a lot of activists struggle with mental health. And so we really look to each other, especially mm -hmm. the the community of Black women. Mm -hmm. We really look to each other to hold each other down. And so. But I also developed my own personal, like, life's going to happen. It's going to go on whether I do or I don't. Mm. Um, and I learned that what I do while I do know it's a privilege and I'm stepping into something that was left for me, I also know that, like, my mental, making sure that I'm, that I'm here is, is just as important as the work that I'm doing, if not more. So there are definitely days where I'm just like, nah. <laughs> I learned that early on. There are days where my friends get the nope. 
my uh, the committee gets the nope. Mm-hmm. My professors get the uh-uh. Like <laughs> y'all gonna see me in a week. I'll y'all see me in a few days. I learned to use my resources like. And I think black students are so scared because after this, I'm going into academia. I'm going to get my PhD at UNC. And black You're starting scholars, right now? You're mm-hmm, start- I'm starting in the fall. <laughs> I just asked you, how do you rest? You're going to hit me with a, yes. with a bomb talking about, well. I'm going right back in. <laughs> <laughs> That's how I rest. It's um, masochism. I do not like myself. I'm clearly just going to do five more years because they clearly love Kayla. Um, but no, I, I think I, I mean do it. I think if, if that's your if that's your goal and like you want that kind of I mean you're already just in this conversation of our you know twenty minutes and seventeen second conversation <laughs> like girl you already have a PhD. Thank that's you. how I feel. You know what I'm saying? You're already Dr. Kayla. <laughs> Thank but I think you know I, I think you are um, very quick with it in terms of learning the ways of these institutions. And so I think if you keep this mindset of like you know my humanity is already assumed. I'm coming here to let y'all know what it is. Then yeah like get that title behind your name because you know then you'll be able to be even more you know ahead of, of yeah. the way that these that these institutions work and just for me I think um, I've always followed the words of one of my committee members who um, it at the time I didn't get it and it really stuck with me it's just like the institution will never love you back no um, uh-huh. and maybe that's maybe it's not our goal like you know maybe it's not our goal um, to be you know seen by the you know the higher ups at University of Richmond. Maybe our goal is to like do our work over here, create community over here. And I love that you you're proving that and how you said like even though um, y'all are working on some like real shit and real change at University of Richmond, and you're making demands that's gonna you know for example support the mental health of Black students um, and leave a legacy that says like we will not just accept the okie doke. Yeah. Um. You there are still. Um, joy and, and kiki moments and sharing TikToks within that critical work that y'all are doing. And I think that is just like the black ass way of being yes. like black academic. That, that is and what fills black studies. Yeah. And like, I, I love I love hearing that because I think that when we get together, that's just our our way of always, you know, you know, staying um, looking out for each other's care. Yeah. And I think there's just there's such a, a type of care work that is just built into the everyday black experience um, that I love that y'all are still you know holding on to. So just like preserve that um, yeah. because I think a lot of times they don't see that there is joy. There we don't oh, just yeah. sit around and talk about oppression and trauma like yeah there is also joy. No, know? they think that this is like the worst like saddest like I go home and I'm just so sad about University these racist really people. Yeah, it's like oh my gosh and. To speak to your point, like, I know you're talking to TJ, and TJ and I had this discussion. We said, freshman year, you come in, and, you know, you're bright-eyed, bushy-tailed, and you always think, as a student, a black student, nine times out of ten, we all think, it's not that they don't want to help us, they just don't know how. So if we just show them how to help us, then they'll help. And then you get to a point where you realize... I was like, if I just get the right shape up, wear the loafers... Um, you thought the plan that it was just gonna work. I was a different girl <laughs> undergrad. No, we were we were all like, if we just show them what to do, and then we realized like after freshman year, like, oh no, they're not gonna fuck with us. Like this is not that's not what they're trying to do. Yeah, like that's yeah, not yeah. the goal. And so that's definitely just why a part of it is huge on just building that community, like you said, talking, having those little moments where it's like. Because I could be having a bad day, and I'm talking to black student, um, the committee, the Black Student Coalition Committee, and we'll just, you know, we'll talk about the serious stuff, and then somebody will be like, Kayla, you look good as fuck today. And that's <laughs> it, and then boom! Like, it's, it's, that, it's those little bit of things where we are so, like you say, you, we have to love on each other so hard, mm-hmm. because we know that this institution does not. Does like, not, it does not give a fuck. Richmond and also like how do you how do we navigate that kind of tension so like the tension between like what attracts us here I'm talking about black students in particular um, and we're not a monolith but just 
we kind of carry the diversity mm-hmm. um, on this campus. And I'm, I'm interested in just like your thoughts on like what attracts us here and what uh, we see once we're here. Um, and I could share that story as well. Like I, I definitely, um, I was a transfer student. Mm-hmm. So this was just a, a much better um, and safer quote unquote space in terms of being a, a queer male yeah. um, than where I was before. And so I was a little like, even though there's probably bullshit there, bullshit here, um, this is a better option for me. Yeah. And I think I wanted it to work so bad that as an undergrad, I um, suppressed a lot of like, okay, I don't feel seen here or like, I don't feel like my department really supports like what I actually want to study or like, I do feel like it's it's very um, centered around like the kind of like New England white kid, mm-hmm. but like, this is better than where I was. Oh yeah. <laughs> so I, you know, I kind of just, that was what carried me through, like, I would say, like, my early time here. And then I think as I saw more of Richmond, I was like, oh, this school is, like, just not connected to the city. No. But it's really, you know, using Richmond's name. Mm-hmm. Richmond the city. Yeah. So that was kind of my my attention around, like, what attracted me here and then what I saw once I was here. And then becoming alum and then, like, teaching here, it was like, oh, wow. Like, when I started teaching here, it was, like, the same mess that me and other like black low-income uh first-gen students were talking about when i was an undergrad the richmond bubble all those kind yeah. of things is the same shit that, stu- that, that we're students were, yeah and i was yeah. like wow like so that was like my kind of tension about like what got me here and what i saw once i was here how about for you for me like black low-income first-gen um they know how oh, to find us. Yes, <laughs> they, they, they hunted me down. <laughs> they found me. No. Um, Where are you from? You're from Baltimore? I'm from Queens. Queens. That's what I'm saying. Oh, okay. they, they hunted us down. They had a, a really big recruitment in New uh-huh. York. Um, free but, food. Yeah, free food. They had Dean Villanueva. Dean no, they had a alumni come and speak to us in black? New York. No, oh. it was a white alumni come and speak to us in New York for this fancy thing in the city, mm. and they did an Oprah moment. They were like, look under your chair, nah. and you looked under your chair, and it was like, ah, you've been accepted to the University of Richmond. I'm not lying. It was yeah. that intense. They like, they the were recruiting. Students. I was like, ah. <laughs> like, you they were thought- like, dear Chaz, your credits have transferred over besides <laughs> two. <laughs> If you want to move in, you can move in. <laughs> that was it. But that financial, but the financial aid looked real good. That's what it was. Yeah. That's what attracted me. The financial aid attracted me, and then they do the multicultural overnight um, program. And so when you come, you, that's you, how they get you. They take you and they make you spend all the time with the black students. Can I just say that I love talking about diversity recruitment? It's like that's how they get you. That's how they get you. <laughs> the yes, food, it's New a York swindle. It is a swindle. Because you have no idea that. You don't. No. You just have. I mean, every institution has blind spots. We're not just learning that in 2020. We knew that, you know. Mm-hmm. But like the way that it's so dressed up um, at schools like U of R, it's like you know we 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 were both we were both younger. Yes. We were younger girls at that time. But the way that it's dressed up, it's like it does. When you look back at it, like what we're doing right now, you do feel a little bit like, damn. I like didn't know they played what I- me. Yeah. <laughs> it was like y'all really did not tell me what I was getting into, and it's the black students. Because, at, like, you wanted other black students to come. So the black students, when we would go to the multicultural overnight experience, we were just in community with them. Mm-hmm. So it was literally like they were giving us this experience of, like, yeah, we're not a black. Obviously, it's a PWI, but you're damn near going to a black college inside of this PWI. And that's because they were showing you all the orgs. You had an org fair with just the black orgs. Mm-hmm. You had the black Greeks. You had black just blackness your host was black y'all went together to black y'all went to the black tables at d hall it was very black like you go to d hall you're like wow they're black tables exactly like it's actually segregated the the white (laughs) yes the whiteness was not occurring like it just especially because we were coming in the night and the days were there yeah we didn't see the whiteness they Mm -hmm. weren't they were just like yeah it's a great school we're learning so much and so you get in and you're like all right cool and then when you get financial aid be right no the financial aid I was going, my mama said, if you're not going for free, I don't know how you're going. So I was like, great point, great point. Points were made. Um, and so that's how Richmond got me. But once I got here, mm. I think. Yeah, tell me, yeah, I want to hear the, the tension around that. Once I got here, I was like, this is not it. This is not, I mean, and I meant this is not it in terms of like what was advertised to me 
and what I got were different. And I knew I was going into a white space. Like there's so much, that's, I think there's so much money and human resource um, put into the marketing of the yeah. of the community here and the di the diversity and the inclusion, but there's not as much money, human resource, and time put into kind of persistence and sustaining us here and building a space. Yeah. on this campus that really changes like the culture of dominating whiteness because it's just crazy to me that like I graduated in 2011 as an undergrad mm -hmm. you graduated in 2021 and I'm serious like I also taught in rhetoric and communications which was your major like the students that I've interacted with it's like we're having kind of the same conversations it's just better technology yeah no <laughs> you know that's I mean? that's literally what happened so it's like how they can't get it right it's just they can't and then you just get to a point where they it's don't want like to shift the culture no they don't they which don't are, which is like very evident for anyone listening if you just like look at the the track record of the, you just follow the whole naming discussion yes. with the with the board of trustees etc you see that it's like this holding on to yeah, um, a culture of, of white supremacy while trying to be like, but we want y'all here. Yes. We want all the black people. But even even in the black community themselves, I think you forget that like, and I mean this in, in a, just a general like population way, it's not, go everybody is not going to be on the same timing. Everybody is not going to be like, one to one interpersonal. So I found myself being really lonely when I first got here because there are built communities and you have to find your way to navigate into them. Like people come in and immediately you have to find a space. You have to like really make it for you. And so I was super lonely my freshman year, my sophomore year. That's why I took a semester off because I just felt like even though there was black people here, even though there was so much happening, I just could not find space where I felt like all of me was present. I felt like I was bringing pieces of me to every little thing. And it took me to create that space for myself, which I feel every black student has to do is create that group, create that space create where it's like, yeah. yeah, where it was like, I can be Kayla the with, you know, the intellectual and I can be, you know, a quote unquote academic. I hate that word, but black academic. I like that. Come on. Um, but then I also wanted to be ratchet Kayla because I like to go out. I am from Queens. Mm. <laughs> um, I like and to, came, I came to my city. Yes, I like to throw my ass in a circle <laughs> a little bit. So I was just like finding a space where I can be all of these things. Inter intersectional and nuanced. Yes. Multidimensional. Which and is just what we chilling. Are. Yes. Yeah. So it just sounds like you have um you learned on your own to really resist that kind of like uh code switching assimilationness that mm -hmm. happens here because i think like at some point these institutions have to realize that like if you are so obsessed with like having a diverse campus and bringing all of us here you know mm -hmm. to sing kumbaya right <laughs> you have to realize that like once we get here we are going to take our space and yeah this like multicultural you know aesthetic that you're trying to to market is just not reality yeah right and I think um, culture shift is what a lot of these schools are like really resistant around and we're seeing that happen yeah. here um, and I think uh, because of a lot, a lot of the work that you and your fellow you know comrades have done um, this school is you know having to reckon with itself um, having to see you know, you're giving them a mirror oh yeah it's just like okay well I giving you a mirror and now I'm graduating so I'm moving on so how do you um, take these skills into like where you're going because everything you're saying um if i could just give you like you know a little bit of advice from being a little being a little older mm -hmm. right um and i think the only reason why i say being a little older is just because like you're going into a PhD program and i've i've just completed one yeah everything that you're saying i'm like i hope that you listen to this episode because it's the same advice that you're going to need to navigate like a graduate program um and a full-time job when you're working in a in a predominantly white space uh -huh. right and so i'm just interested in how you've like thought about that too yeah no i have i've struggled my whole life with feeling like i needed something to validate me mm -hmm. like i had to accomplish i needed validation and then i got to a point where when i took that semester off my mindset changed because what i used to validate me 
academics no longer existed. I was now the girl who took the semester off and you know what happens, especially like where I'm from in Queens, like when people take the semester off, the quote unquote semester off, mm -hmm. never go back. Like that's, that's it. Like people say they are, and there's no shame in that. It's just, they never go back. And I remember saying like, I don't have that thing that I've been using this whole time to validate me. So what am I going to use? Mm -hmm. So it became like a, Kayla, you're just going to have to learn how to be yourself in yourself and know that you're enough. And obviously, I still struggle some days, especially going into a PhD program where I'm like, am I even qualified for that? But then, like you said, some days you just got to remember you're a bad bitch, you're qualified, that being a black woman gives you a certain intellect that, other, like you said, certain people just don't have. Mm -hmm. And stepping into that, realizing, and so I just kind of always have to remind myself that, like, my best is my best whatever my best is that day is okay because nine times out of ten and i don't want to come off as cocky but this is just the way that i encourage my friends like the bar is in hell for most people like the bar is low mm -hmm. the bar is low and most black women most black people you've exceeded that <laughs> when you showed up like yeah. you didn't even have to so <laughs> because i've met people with phds and i'm like oh i know i work with some I mean, you're shading your fellow classmates, too, because you're right. The bar, I mean... It's low. It, no, I know. In hell. Mm -hmm. So when... <laughs> so some days, I always tell people, the committee, I'm like, some days, you have to remember, you just showing up, your standards for you, especially as black women, your standard for you, mm -hmm. so much higher than the standard that is held for everybody else. And it's great. Don't get me wrong. Yeah, yeah, and don't get me wrong. It's great, but it's like... White people get to be mediocre, and that's a part of being human, mm -hmm. is that they really get to just be mediocre. We don't. And we don't. And so and some days... we don't want to be. Exactly. <laughs> but, then, but then there's some days where I'm like, you know what? I will just lay in bed. I will just watch Netflix mm -hmm. because sometimes that's what I need to do to sustain myself. So that's how I balance it is just remembering, like, who I am, who I want to be, and un and being fair to myself, being so, like open to my mental health trying to understand my mental health um because i am also bipolar so i'm bipolar too so i go through manic episodes and depressive episodes and being nice to myself is the best way like understanding this is just me like some days i'm just not here i'm not in it and that is okay mm -hmm. so for you you have personal experience where one of the demands um was you know for increased mental health because i thought was such a brilliant idea to kind of um bring mental health uh, services for black students, like allow us to have, allow y'all to be able to go off campus for it. Mm -hmm. Cause then I think it was kind of like, the way that I read that demand is it's kind of saying subtly, like we don't, like mental health services need to be supported for black students right now. Yes. In real time, not mm -hmm. in theory, in practice. And so we don't want to wait for the slow moving ship that is the institution to figure out how to do that. Just give us some comps to go see yeah. sister therapists, you know, down in Jackson Ward. Right? Yeah. I think that was a really good idea because I think it, it is a way to um, make University of Richmond, you know, utilize resources that are in Richmond. Uh, because if we wait for them to kind of like hire more here and, yeah. you know, maybe that because they may hire like they may hire a black therapist, mm -hmm. but it may be like, you know, a black therapist that fits the U of R. Exactly. Set, you know what I'm saying? A black therapist that's like, well, let's see both sides. That's you know that. So I, I I love that it was like support black businesses as part of our demand. That's how they get us though. Is that they make us think that the University of Richmond can be a one stop shop. No, they try to be so in our lives that it's but it's it's you you don't you're not qualified to be this in, in my <laughs> yeah. life like that. Y'all yeah. are not coming from the same energy like I'm coming from a whole radical left black queer perspective, and you're giving racist white institution so i don't trust you with to something like my mental yeah. health and then even on a, like a more like just logistical thing you don't have black men um so a lot of black men who want to as go into therapy yeah, yeah as therapists so you don't have that option and i know richmond already does they do yeah. and then it's on top of that like if people are neurodivergent, if you have particular diagnosis, it's like certain, I want to see a certain person. Mm -hmm. And especially with like my ideology, the way I am, like you said, how there's like people be like, oh, they're good on both sides or, you know, you're, you're doing, I want to see someone who's also 
um, like my therapist is a leftist. Like I, I want to see someone and not necessarily because I want them to agree with everything that I say, but it's more of a, there's a certain perspective that they understand like how I, how I'm seeing life. If you don't, yeah, I mean, I feel the same of like, I, I enjoy having a therapist that has similar, you know, world experience to mine or just understand somewhat of my black experience without me having to open the first 10 minutes of each session to like explain yeah well once upon a time there you know what i mean like i i, I totally get that so i think that demand of like supplementing mental health services for black students to be able to go and utilize city resources and black therapists who are already in Richmond are already doing the work which the U university could create partnerships with i think was a really good idea because I do think that one of the things this campus struggles with um, that also plays a role into black students struggling to find a sense of belonging here is just not being, you know, fully integrated into the city. Like yeah. doing all this community service and quote unquote, you know, civic engagement with Richmond, but it being very like from a distance still kind of through this like um, very curated aesthetic. Yeah. Right? Like if you've ever been to U of R downtown, for example, it's like it's still has that very like Richmond professional like yeah. this is very uh, rigid feeling and they are there is folks there the individuals there have done great work but I think um, the aesthetic and the, the the space itself is still like this very protected like campus culture yeah. that I think a lot of us come to U of R and we're like you know let's disrupt that like it doesn't all need to be so curated you know so yeah. I, I thought that demand was was fab. Or, or donated in mm -hmm. kind to help with Africana Studies becoming a program, make the demands known. Like, this question's kind of about, like, it's kind of getting us to think about reparations a little bit. Yeah. But, like, what could these institutions give us right now that kind of compensates for all that you have endured um, that has, you know, disrupted your ability to just be a student yeah. in the times when, like, you deserve to just be a student. Yeah, mm -hmm. I mean, they'll never put fully be able, um, as we all know, to pay us back. Even if the demands yeah. are met. Yeah, no matter yeah. what they do, they'll never be able to fully pay us back. But like you said, in that spirit, um, I'm of the mindset that they should just do whatever black students ask. And I mean that in the, in the micro and the macro. I mean, um, if somebody's asking for an extension on an exam, give them. Like if somebody, <laughs> yeah. if, if they need funding, Give the funding. If somebody needs money for whether it's mental health services or because they need to, you know, buy some more like business professional clothes or there's research that they want to do or they don't have a place to go over the summer. I'm very much like the university, if they are looking to to make that step in their in what we would call a right direction mm -hmm. then they need to cater to black students as black people and not just students that do things for them mm -hmm. um it's not it is a transact it, it's very transactional they think that they're providing us a service and that we just take it and so like in turn we owe it to make it a better place like we owe it to them to make it a better place and we all know that's bullshit mm -hmm. so it's at this point, what they owe to us is like, if it is a need, hell in my opinion, if it's a want, mm -hmm. then black students should be able to get that. If you're really saying you're trying to do what you're saying you're trying to do, then mm -hmm. you should be bending over backwards. You should be, you know, just ready um, to do what black students need. And I especially mean that with academic accommodations because mm -hmm. I don't think they understand the not just the pressure of being at a really intensive at like a really academic intensive school but on top of that being black here <laughs> and all of the different things that you're facing all the different identities and kind of pulling from 
like in 1968 when San Fr- when um the UC Berkeley they were writing their proposal for uh, Afro American studies they were saying like what happens when you take these low income kids and you take us out of our reality mm-hmm. and you separate us from what we know mm-hmm. like where we come from from four years like it, it does a lot of mental damage especially because it's like no matter how I'm getting my degree I'm always thinking about home i'm always thinking about the black community as a larger thing outside of richmond what i know is like you know walking down the street going to the corner store like that type of living and i you feel like what am i doing to contribute to that but it's hard to have space to think about how you're going to help your community how you can be in community with them even like richmond going into the actual richmond community Mm -hmm. it's hard to do that when you're here, mm-hmm. you don't get the space because not only are you, you know, um, going to class, but then you gotta play, you know, black student activist. Mm-hmm. And I don't mean play, I mean that like facetiously, but no, it yeah, it's like but it's like you don't get the space to just, to just be, be mm-hmm. but you also don't get the space to do the things that matter mm-hmm. to you a lot of times. Like my community back home matters to me. And Akia talks about this all the time. It's like, when am I going to get time to think about them? Because you took me out of that space and you're not going to do anything to contribute back to that space. Mm-hmm. And I feel like that's my responsibility. And so that's also something that I struggle with is like trying to get all of that, not just who I am at Richmond, because I feel like we become that. You know what I mean? Yeah, I, I feel like you're you're talking about how establishing a sense of belonging when you are black and working in working or just you know living or existing in these these white predominantly white institutions or these institutions that are riddled in white supremacy because it's in the root right mm-hmm. and they keep trying to throw things on the top of the plant while like telling us that there's nothing wrong with the root and then it makes us kind of feel like it's like i'm not the crazy one here yeah like, the root is messed up and y'all need to you know strip it down to the root and fix the problem um i think that establishing a sense of belonging can be very difficult um, and I, I want to hear more about just like your dreams in terms of like going forward. We know that um, it can't exist. These institutions cannot meet our needs by you know following the same type of protocols yeah. because that's just like so slow moving. And you're gonna you're graduating, so like you wouldn't even benefit from that. So like I think you're making a really strong point about how like meeting the wants and the needs of black students has to happen outside of like the confines yeah. of how things happen at it has to Richmond. happen outside of the campus talks yeah. and outside of the little the culture, forums yeah, the way that, and yeah. yeah and outside the of the, the long ass emails that oh, are always disappointing. I was waiting for somebody to shade those because I feel like every cop I don't know what it is, but um that also plays a role into even me at, at reading this as an alum. Um, I feel like every time there is an, an issue with race and these college professors respond with like these long emails, it uh, just like it kind of professionalizes the yeah. thing. Yeah, like that's not like it's just not it's just not a good mode of communication. It's not, it's and it's not. it's these long ass emails to apologize for being racist, and it's like <laughs> I'm like really it just, like it's yeah. just it's There's not so many reasons it. Why it's wrong, and it's just it just is it's not giving what it. What's a give? It's like <laughs> I wasted my money, and it's so funny to think that somebody is definitely paying seventy three thousand dollars to go here, but it's not me. Yeah. So no, it's just not. I mean, again, we can't expect these kind of you know higher ups who have had a certain experience. I think when you climb that much in the administrative mm-hmm. areas of institutions, it's very hard to stay connected to the to the folks on the ground. Yeah, that's just what it is. Um, but them long emails just prove that point. You know yes. what I'm saying? So what are some of your, like, um, taking it outside of activism work, mm-hmm. outside of university, just, like, what are some of your dreams? Like, especially yes. when we talk about, you know, meeting the the desires and the wants, not just the the demands of black students, but just, like, the wants. Like, what are some of the things that Kayla wants? So I know you're going into a PhD program. I know you're graduating. Yeah. I know that you're from Queens, and you're still very connected to your upbringing in Queens. I think I heard that you're moving to Baltimore. I, yeah, I'm moving to, to North Carolina. North Carolina. I, I, I stay in Baltimore, like, during breaks with, okay. like, my god my god sister and my family. You're very connected like, to a family. lot of, like, dope black spaces. Yeah, Baltimore, I was just about to say. Baltimore is just, you know, we are we are totally in that city. Uh-huh. Queens, I don't know much about Queens, but no, I know we Queens is black. Yeah. 
yeah, yeah, no. And I know the history. Yeah, and then Richmond, like, given the, this moment, I just think it's a very, um, it's a critical time to just be in Richmond and be seeing Richmond yes. outside of University of Richmond, right? Um, so just, like, what are some of your dreams? Not just professional, I just want to yes. hear what they are. Abolition mm-hmm. comes to mind. I know that seems like, but that that is definitely just, and I mean that, like, total liberation just for people in general to just be mm-hmm. is my dream and i know like that that is the like that's the dream the long 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 term i probably won't see it in my lifetime dream mm-hmm. and i'm okay with that but just that's my dream um in a small in a small term a farm sink don't ask questions. A farm, a farm sink. sink. You know the sink. Okay, I will show you a picture because <laughs> that's my dream. Like people ask what, you what want my dream is. I just want one. Uh-huh. Like I feel like there was this TikTok where it was like all my low income people stitched this with something that like it's not super rich, but like you feel like you'll have made it if you can get it. A farm my sink. farm sink. <laughs> if I get my farm sink, that's then you're good. That's my dream. Oh, like that's okay. my dream. I'm perfectly fine. Um, I really want a nice island. So, oh yes! Yeah. Oh, I the yeah. see. I'm just an I'm weird about that. Like I furniture appliances. That's like my whole my guilty pleasure. That's what I do. You better get you a farm sink if you're gonna get a PhD. Oh, absolutely! Yes, my dream. So just like all that you my have to indoor, get a farm sink. Uh huh. Being with my fam, being with my family. Who are in Queens? Um. Who are in Queens, who are in Florida, who's in Georgia, who's in... I, I'm a very transplant person. I've never really stayed. So you're giving me, like, uh, <laughs> fancy high-rise in Queens with a farm sink. <laughs> or is it... Are you suburbs? It's crazy. It's like, yes, it's probably going to be a, a house because I love the idea of having kids. I love the idea of just being happy, mm-hmm. of giving people the experience. And I know, like, people talk about it all the time. It's like... Is this really a place that you want to bring black children? Like, you know, mm-hmm. that that whole thing, which sometimes be leaning into eugenicism. I'm like, y'all sound a little crazy talking <laughs> about it's unethical. But my point oh, is... Oh, you just mean like bringing kids <laughs> into the world? Yes, people... I mean, people, I, thought, I think a lot about that too. And just yes. Like, we have both, I'm sure, could talk for hours about just some of the the horrible, visceral experiences that we've experienced uh-huh. just being black and being queer, yeah. and struggling with mental health, like, all of that, right? And I think about that a lot. I'm just like, damn, like, of course I want to bring, you know, new life yes. to the world, but sometimes I'd be like, look, I don't... It's, it's like it's like, kind of ghetto here. I don't know if y'all want to come. I don't know if y'all really want to be here, but, like, but that's my dream, though, is I want to be able to just... Be happy to be in community. My cousins and I always joke and say we're going to live in the same. Yeah, like we're just going to live in the same place. I want to be able to cook big dinners to have people over. Like that's my dream because at the end of the day, like I follow my dad's ideology. Like his, his motto and his way he lives his life is very much like. You don't know how long you have. You really don't. Like, you can't take money with you. It comes, it goes, it flows, it doesn't. And the only thing that you really have at the end of the day is connections that you make with people. On the day-to-day basis. On the yeah. day-to-day basis. And time is just, you know, especially for us, I, um, I'm i coming off of a, a huge experience with grief right now. Mm-hmm. And I think um, time is just never on our side no even when you think you are you know building a relationship or doing the right things with time like you know i i finished grad school last year and so i've really been trying to kind of like have a a better balance with like i don't feel very valued by the institution that i work for Mm -hmm. and i want to find more um space to just like be Mm -hmm. right like to be in community, to be with friends, to be with family, to serve family and friends yeah. and not feel like, oh no, I'm taking time off of work to help this person. It's like, I actually want it to be kind of flipped. Yeah, I want to really feel very like nourished and energized by helping others who I love versus, you know, feeling that, that pressure of like, oh my God, I need to take a day off 100%. to drive my grandma here. And now I feel like my whole schedule is ruined, you know, because that's just capitalism, like doing what it does to black folks. Yes. And I think, you know, we're all entrenched in capitalism, but for us, I think at some point, um, and I hope to, that you receive this as a, as a, you know, a black student that is finishing undergrad right now. So you have like just 
so much possibility in front of you. I mean, we both do, but you've got a lot. Thank you. you, you you're finishing a huge milestone. Um, time is just not on our side. And so no. do what you want to do. Um, because you, as you said earlier, like you're already intellectual, you're already successful, you're already brilliant. You don't need these institutions to tell you that. Like, yes, the degrees and all those things will help um, get you to where it is that you want to go if you want to really like, you know, turn this academia thing into a, you know, get them together, mm -hmm. of course. But at the same time, like our joy and our pleasure and our farm and getting our farm sink yeah like they don't care whether we get that or not no so they don't you have to you know keep um what's the what's that thing that we like i'm all on um not canva uh the thing where you like look at different houses oh stuff. pinterest pinterest yes. oh, my pinterest board stop playing yeah my pinterest board is deep like you have to make your pinterest board come true because i have learned just in my in my my brief experience of being on this earth that like our trauma and our oppression is like centered but like our joy but and our pleasure is not it's not no. and like if you don't like demand it right yeah um like when you go to this phd program or whatever your job is after um that like if you don't demand that kind of like oh no 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 like my happiness matters just as much as yep. like the state of racism in america mm -hmm. right um which you've already have done from the work that you have done with students. Like, y'all have uh, kind of preserved that time to just, like, talk about people and talk about clothes and all that mm. stuff. Like, if you don't really make that a demand of how you do your work, it just doesn't happen. And so I think it's just really important to, like, remember that, you know? Yeah. I, I learned that when I took that semester off. Yeah. When I took the semester off, it was because I was at my lowest point mentally ever like i did not want to be here i was like if i unalive tomorrow it wouldn't be that bad so i learned the idea of putting my actual joy my actual happiness first giving myself experiences to <clears throat> like live into them fully to to just like take the time <coughs> and be who i am and how, what spaces could I be in to bring my full self became one of my questions. Yeah. It was like, if I was friends with you, but I didn't feel like I could be who I wanted to be at all times, then it was like, eh, I don't know if we can hang out all the time. You might be a sometimes friend. I, I learned that. You yeah. know, some people became sometimes friends, looking at how I can fortify myself, looking at how I can, because you, you said something earlier and it just made me think like, Coming here and thinking that you need to belong, sometimes Maybe you forget. Yeah. yeah, and sometimes you forget that you already belong to something. Mm -hmm. Like I, a lineage. I yeah, or... it's like you belong to a tradition, you belong to a lineage, you belong to your people back home, you a belong to your queen. family, yeah. you belong to the friends you already have. And it was like you look so hard when we look at milestones and I feel like the black experience is that you feel like you're starting over and finding belonging every time. And like one of my things about genealogy and being reflexive is I also feel like you need to practice that in life. Like you need to realize that you're not moving over, you're not moving on, you're not starting over, you're carrying things, people, mm. family, love with you. And when I realized that, that I didn't have to become a new Kayla in college. I didn't have to make all new friends to replace the exact ones I had before because I still had that. Yeah, it, it's, it's, I think that's a really beautiful point that I want us to close with because I think this kind of narrative that as black folks, every time we enter a new space, like start a new job, start at a new school, go into a new program, we feel like we have to like restart ourselves and find a new sense of belonging. I think it's, it's like a, a way of like, navigating survival yeah. in spaces where you have to kind of figure out how racially violent, how toxic, mm -hmm. how um, anti, you know, et cetera, is this place. I think it's a, it's a part of the survival. And I do think that it, you're right that sometimes we have to reject that of like, maybe I'm not here to like feel that I belong with these folks. Maybe I'm here to just like protect myself, protect my joy, preserve my time and reclaim my time when I feel that it's not being properly utilized. So mm -hmm. I think that's, really great advice you were giving yourself advice that i <laughs> hope that you listen to this episode because i think that's great advice to take with you into whatever that into whatever you do next so you resist that kind of like i need to recreate myself because i have to adjust to how racist yeah. this place is yeah because that i feel that like i think about i'm going to a new institution next year and i i think about like 
you know, who do I want to be there? Because, yes, it's like, I, you're like, who am I going to be? Who am I going to be there giving, <laughs> giving the tea that I know about it, yes, right? It's like what Amanda Seals says, it's like, how black am I going to have to get to It's like, I don't know. But it's true. I mean, it's, it's I think it's a part of the survival. Um, yeah. And I love how, you know, you're, you're complicating one of the original questions we wanted to talk about, which is like, how do you find a sense of belonging mm-hmm. at University of Richmond? But you're complicating that, and you're saying that, you know, maybe it's more generative to kind of push against that, like, I need to find a sense of belonging here and stay connected to the spaces where you already belong and use the university resources yeah. to, you know, enhance that. Um, but resisting, like, recreating ourselves just because we think that we have to, like, adjust to this space. And, like, maybe yeah. we don't. Because when you seek it out, a lot of times, I know at least in my personal experience, I felt like... I was just seeking it out because I didn't want to be alone. And so I wasn't being discerning. Yeah. And I feel like instead when you're like in yourself. Like let me straighten my and hair so feel, I can make a friend. It's like, <laughs> or, it's, or it's like, oh damn, let me go put my lashes on because I don't want to look crazy and things yeah. like that. So it's like, but when, when I was able to just be myself, the people that came to they me, draw, yeah. they just recognized and they, they started to look more and more familiar to the good people that I already knew. Mm-hmm. And they didn't seem new or foreign to me. And that's when I knew, like, okay, I got it. And it was always a voice in my head. And we can definitely end on this because I know I'm dragging it on. But there's a voice in my head. I don't know if you've ever seen Bad Girls Club. But, you know, in the beginning, the first episode of every Bad Girls Club, it's always that one girl. And she always does the best. She comes here and she said, I ain't come here to make friends. (laughs) (laughs) And that's period. And the thing is, and I don't mean that in a way that friendship isn't important or that I haven't built amazing friendships here. I mean, like, when I came here thinking I'm here to make friends I didn't meet the people that I now consider mm-hmm. like my family my core when I came here and said I'm here to be myself I'm here to to do what I love I'm here to learn about things that I want to learn about and I'm gonna do it my way that's when I attracted family that's when I attracted what I wanted in life mm-hmm. and so I think like that's that's my biggest takeaway from my experience at Richmond is that I learned like my best results came from being who I was at all times unapologetically. Yay. I think that you you summarize beautifully just like how black academic work, you know, being black and being in, in these institutions of higher learning, um, how activism work um, and how political work and all of it, you know, blended together. Um, finding, you know, a sense of self while you're in college or while you're in a, a job. I think you just summarize really beautifully how like care work and love um, as a part of your like work practice, like mm-hmm. building love as part of your work practice, it is messy. Um, it's nuanced. It's 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 multifaceted, and that's why Black people do it so well uh-huh. because we are all those things. And I think um, it's just there's something that is shifting. I think in the universe right now, where like I think we're all seeing that these, that these institutions maybe just won't get it right yeah. in our lifetime and. You know, as you said, I didn't come here to make friends then. I got other <laughs> <Yeah>. stuff to <laughs> do. So Kayla, Corbin, I um, have enjoyed this conversation. Thank you I so much. a lot from you. And that is, um, you know, one of my, my own personal goals of just like being in this, in this, this, this business mm-hmm. is that I think that like, um, it's just beautiful when you are able to let yourself dream at work and whatever you do, listeners, for your, you know, nine to five, you have to be learning from youth and younger folks and, and the folks that are coming after you. And I think like, it's just amazing to like have space to just like dream together, hear your dreams, talk about our dreams, reminisce on how, you know, they broke some promises and so mm-hmm. made our dream a little harder to fit, to navigate and figure out. But like just being in these conversations, um, I think are really dope because it's just like, what a time mm-hmm. to be alive. Um, but take it day by day, and I think that you know you are wise, and that you are going to do all the things um, that you deserve. So I thank you so much for coming on to Black Matter. Thank you. Being who you are, uh, University of Richmond owes you for <laughs> all the efforts and the work. And Run the, my check. <laughs> and the stuff that you've done. Um, close us out by telling folks how they can connect with you um, and any last minute stuff that you want to add. Yeah, if you want to connect with me, my Instagram is at sister.girl, um, S-I-S-T-A-H-H. 
um, dot girl. Um, of course, it is that because of Undercover Brother. If you haven't seen it, it is a really good black exploitation movie. But <laughs> yeah. favorite pop? What's, what, what are you consuming right now in black pop culture? Oh gosh, um, black TikTok is like my home. Oh, yeah. So I love black TikTok creators. Like y'all are really doing the damn thing right now. I love and Bonanizer. I'm yeah, oh yeah. I'm like going through this weird phase. It's not even a weird phase of like listening to very different ends of blackness. So I'm very much like listening to trap music to get okay. lit in the morning. But I'm also listening to SZA. But then I'm also listening to like Giveon and Lucky yes. Day. And it's 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 a lot. I listen to a lot of old neo soul. So. Where I am right now in like pop culture is very much it's very much TikTok. I'm very neo so, but I'm having like a Gladys night week. Oh I've yeah, I listened it's, to a lot of Gladys. It's it, I was about to say I had that with um Cheryl Lynn and just listening to um how did you get nobody's supposed to be here Deborah Cox. Deborah Cox. I I can't stop listening to that song. Like if you play it once, I have to play it the rest of the week. Yes. Um. So that's where I'm at. <laughs> Thank you so much. For Thank you. Out. Bye, y'all. Minley.